Welcome to Pod Full of Magic. I'm Stacey. I'm Kelly. And I'm Nicole. And we're three moms breaking down Disney destinations, universal, and cruise line travel tips to help put more magic into your family's vacation. Welcome back to the pod, ladies. I've missed you all so much. What's been going on? Oh, it's been a while. We took vacation. Well, some of us took vacation, not this <laughs> one. Of us. The two other one of us is dead, but not me. I know. Summer is like, I love summer so much because I feel like I, I get a break. The kids are off school, but it's so busy. But honestly, wouldn't have it any other way. That's so I know, and I'm, I, uh, I have a bit of an odd summer because we obviously as as a teacher I travel more in the summer but this summer I feel like I'm traveling a lot more than usual so it kind of feels like yes I'm I I'm lucky that I get to travel but it also feels like I'm not getting anything done at my house and yeah. you know I'm gonna be back in my classroom very soon yeah. I'm flying. but we made time to make this podcast exactly <laughs> exactly so on that on that topic you know yes we've all been super busy um, each one of us has got lots of stuff going on, but two thirds of us have been on holiday, as we already said. And today we're going to talk about uh, Nicole's holiday that she took. We're going to get into uh, get into the nitty gritty, do a deep dive. Nicole actually just came back from an Alaskan cruise with Princess Cruises. That's so exciting. So one of the perks of being a travel agent actually is getting the opportunity to learn about different suppliers and travel companies. And so this was a unique opportunity for Nicole um, to get to know a little bit about Princess Cruises and what they have to offer. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're in the travel industry or maybe you've sailed with Princess before or you know a little bit about them, you'll know that they're really known for their Alaskan cruises and Alaskan itineraries. Yep. Princess offers uh, a lot of different touring options for Alaska. They do land and sea. They have their own uh, resorts uh, up near Denali National Park in Alaska. They have a ton of Alaskan cruise itineraries. Um, And for that reason, they're voted number one cruise line in Alaska. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, it is. You'll learn why here in a bit. Exactly. So, you know, it makes total sense that, you know, that Alaska is their big thing that you would go to Alaska, right, Nicole? <laughs> yeah. Um, there were a lot of destination opportunities, but it seems like a no brainer. Like when you go to a steakhouse, you don't order chicken, you order steak. Absolutely. That's what you go with. Um, so I'll like, I'll lead by saying the next time we cruise with princess because there will be another we're definitely going to do that land portion because the only if i could go back that would be the only thing i would do different yeah for sure for sure well actually on that note why don't you kind of give us a little bit of like the breakdown like the cole's notes version of like what you did and then we can kind of dive into the nitty-gritty yeah no absolutely all right so the um like Kelly said, it was with Princess Cruise Line that we traveled with. And the ship that I was on was the Majestic Princess. So that's uh, one of their larger ships. Um, and the voyage or the itinerary, oh my word, that word is hard to say. Itinerary was their voyage of the glaciers. And it started in Whittier, Alaska, which is about 90 minutes from Anchorage. 
and then it sailed south and disembarked in Vancouver, Canada, um, in Vancouver, BC. So it was a one-way cruise. The um, ports of call were really unique. So a lot of times when you're on a Caribbean cruise, you have your sea days and then you're going to an island. So it's like ocean, 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 island, ocean, island. With this, because you're in Alaska, some of the ports of call were actually just scenic cruises. So our technical first port of call, I guess, was Hubbard Glacier. So we didn't actually get off the ship there, um, but like that's the ship stopped <laughs> and you had this gorgeous viewing of Hubbard Glacier, which is the largest tidewater glacier in the world. Um, and then the next day was uh, Glacier Bay National Park. So that was another scenic cruising day. We didn't actually get off of the ship at all. Um, but Princess Cruise Line is one of the fewest, few cruise lines that has exclusive access to the waters um, that, are, that make up Glacier Bay National Park. So it's really kind of gives you like an exclusive feel when you're cruising with Princess to be able to get up close and personal with some of Glacier Bay National Park's glaciers. Um, after those two scenic cruising days, our actual ports of call where we could get off the ship were uh, Icy Strait Point, which is part of a small island uh, called Huna, Alaska, and then Juneau, which is the capital of Alaska. Fun fact, Juneau, Alaska, is the only U.S. capital that's only accessible by air or sea. Did you guys know that? I did I learn that on my cruise. Yes, I did <laughs> not know that before. That was not common knowledge before. Uh, that's pretty cool. I know, yeah. You would think like you can drive there somehow, but no, the only way that you can get to the actual town is by a boat or by a plane. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's pretty awesome. Our last port of call was Ketchikan, Alaska, which I honestly had never heard of Ketchikan until booking this cruise, only to find out it is like the tourist hotspot in Alaska. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited about this because I know nothing about it. So while you two have both been on this princess cruise, I haven't done this yet. So I, I love hearing all this. That's really cool. Yeah. Forward to Stace. Yeah. <laughs> give you some inspiration. So yes, Kelly did also go on an Alaska cruise with Princess Cruise Line. She did a slightly different. So Kelly, real quick, which, uh, what itinerary did you do? Yeah. So, um, so we did a round trip itinerary. We were on a different ship, the crown princess, but we, um, la disembarked and embarked. No, what the opposite. We, <laughs> <laughs> we left from Vancouver, Canada, and we came back to Vancouver, Canada. So uh, that's the cool thing about Princess, though, is that you could do northbound cruises, you can do southbound cruises, you can do round trip. It just, you know, depends on what your fancy is. So yeah, at least so for so many different um, interests and even budgets too. So we'll we'll talk a little bit maybe about um, you know, budgeting for an Alaska cruise. Uh, yeah. It, but but yeah, oh, like a. Really itinerary um so do you want to tell us maybe some of your favorite parts of the cruise yes yeah I'm not, I won't go day by day because oh my gosh we'll be here for like ever um but <laughs> some of my favorite parts um so uh, this was actually my so let me back up this was a an anniversary celebration for my husband and I so it was mom and dad we left the kids 
Um, so it really felt like a vacation. I love my children dearly so, so much, but we needed this time away from them. (laughs) (laughs) We needed the time to reconnect and it really, um, was really relaxing. And also this was our first cruise ever. So, um, safe to say that we are kind of hooked on cruises now because we really felt like we could unplug and relax and really not have a care in the world. Um, a lot of that, yes, comes with paying for a lot of things up front. So like drink packages and Wi-Fi, but, um, and, uh, crew appreciation, like gratuities, like we didn't feel like we had to go around and have our wallet with us and, Um, that was just really nice. So that was, I would say one of my favorite parts, but my favorite day on the ship was formal night. So to break down formal night a little bit more for uh, listeners, um, typically on cruises, there's one, sometimes two nights that they deem formal nights. And usually they coincide with, um, your sea day, like your day that you're out to sea. Um, so my understanding is on like Mediterranean or Caribbean cruise, people go like all out, like gowns and get their hair all done up and like really get dressed to the nines on this Alaskan cruise, which I had kind of gotten the sense of before we left with all the research that I did, it ran the gamut of what people wore on formal night. Like there were some people that were like formal, don't know her. (laughs) Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Formal is my hiking boots that are not muddy and a nice pair of jeans and maybe a clean sweater, which is totally fine. But then I saw other groups where like the moms were in gowns, floor length gowns. And then like, there are a lot of families on our cruise and there were like little babies and toddlers and their little fancy dresses and their, Aww. oh my gosh, it was the most precious thing. So I loved people watching on formal night, just like kind of doing like a red carpet, like, oh, what are you wearing? Oh, you look so cute. And then on formal night, they'll usually do formal portraits. So, you know, they'll have all the photographers kind of out on the, on the piazza and like you see everyone posing. And um, there was this one adorable family in front of me. They had older kids, like I would say a preteen teenager. <laughs> you could tell that the teens were like over it. The <laughs> Like having them do this pose, do this pose, look here. Okay. You by yourself. They were like, Oh my God. It, you could tell they hadn't eaten dinner yet. Cause they were borderline hangry. <laughs> it's like my kids when I make them do photo pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like hamming it up with them. I was like hyping them up. I'm like, yes, queen stun. Like, just like, <laughs> like hyping her up. And they thought I was hysterical. Oh. I'm taking advantage of the drink pack prior to that. So <laughs> you're paying for a drink package you gotta you gotta get your money's worth right (laughs) um so that i would say those would be my my favorite parts of the cruise for sure sounds cool what about your favorite excursions i know you did a few yes oh yeah so yeah that's another part of being on the cruise not just being on the ship but what you're gonna do when you get off the boat now it's not really you don't really have to do shore excursions on any cruise that you go on Um, it definitely makes it easier to kind of get the lay of the land and have something to take up your time. But, um, by far, so the excursions that we did, we did, um, a a foodie walking tour through Juno, which was, which was cute. We had got to taste a lot of local seafood, things like that. 
But by far, my favorite excursion was in Icy Strait Point. So our very first stop that we could get off the ship. And it was the whale watching. Oh, oh that sounds amazing. Oh. Really, I did not do whale watching when I was on my cruise. So I'm, I have to live vicariously. Whale watching is an absolute must. Like I... I grew up um, close to the Atlantic Ocean. So I, you know, summer a lot down at the Jersey Shore and, you know, the beaches up on the Atlantic, they do whale watching there, but it cannot possibly hold a candle to whale watching in Alaska. So we did, we opted for Icy Strait Point. A lot of the ports of call will offer um, whale watching, but um, Icy Strait or Huna is such a small island. It actually only has 750. 50 residents year round like oh <laughs> yeah the the amount of the, one cruise ship unloading exceeds the population of the island <laughs> well I have a lot of seasonal workers that come in then for the cruising season exactly yeah and and, and I'm glad that we supported their small economy as opposed going in Juno. So Juno is very popular for its whales and wildlife um, excursions as well. But even at the end of our whale watch, the, um, the guides really went out of their way to thank us. They were like, you don't understand how much our economy appreciates you. And I really got in my feels about that. Like, yeah. actually, speaking of seasonal workers, Kelly, they actually were from Nebraska in the United States. No way. Yeah. But they <laughs> they move out to Huna for the summer to do these excursions. Wow. And they probably, like you say, like they, the ones who are so appreciative go over and above to make it the best excursion you can. Right. Like I notice when, when our family goes to Cuba versus going to another country to an all inclusive, it's such a different feel because they are so appreciative. I'm, I'm sure they're like that. at at icy straight point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, when like, so on this whale watch to kind of give you an idea of why it was so amazing is we took a a smaller boat kind of out, I would say about 30 or 40 minutes from the, from the town. And immediately once we found this pod of about 13, 14 humpback whales, Mm. just stayed there for like, 30 45 minutes or so and they kept they kept coming up they were doing um humpback whales i'll, I'll get a little sciencey because you know we love our science <laughs> we love our science here uh humpback whales the way that they feed is they do something called bubble net feeding so what they'll do is they'll swim underneath the surface and they'll blow bubbles and the fish that they're trying to catch kind of get caught in that slurry of bubbles so then what the pod does, different pod, not us, the whales, they, <laughs> See? they come up underneath the bubble net and with their mouths open. And that's how they fish and they catch the fish. How brilliant so, is that? I know. So on my Instagram, I just recently posted a reel that kind of shows what the whales look like when they come up to, to feed. Um, so yeah, so check that out. I'll share it over on the, on the pod Instagram. Yeah, definitely. What did you, can I ask you, Nicole, what did you ride on to see this? Like, was it like a pontoon boat? Was it, a, I don't know. What, what kind of a boat would you have gone on for this? It was like, lo- wasn't a pontoon because it, it was choppy. Like That's this- what I was thinking. 
Oh, and it was a very windy and, and pretty cold day. Um, I'm glad that I packed in layers. We'll talk about packing here in a bit, but it was choppy. So I would say it was like a pretty moderate size, like almost like a deep fishing boat, but there's had like benches. It fit maybe about 50 people. So it was a fair size, vessel, but yeah. pretty small. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So whale watching, like if, if, if Icy Strait Point is on your itinerary, I would ask you to consider doing any wildlife excursions there because the quality of the excursions, there is a ton of wildlife there. And then you're just supporting like such a lovely small community and group of people. Definitely. And and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I could be lying, but I'm pretty sure that Icy Strait Point is not a super common um, port of call with all the cruise lines. So if you do have that on your itinerary, uh, it's definitely a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. It, whenever I mentioned that was a stop, people kind of like give me a like inquisitive look, like never heard of it, but yeah, it was when we were there, it was us and one other cruise line. Um, and that was it. So, yeah. oh, another fun thing I got to do here and I'll, I'll make this quick. Um, cause I know we have a lot to cover. Um, this was my, because it was our first cruise. We didn't like when we got off the ship, we were at the dock but then the ship moved to tender out in the middle of the water. So I actually got to ride in a lifeboat. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's cool. And that's like your cruise bucket list. <laughs> I know. Like you, you, if you want to be in a lifeboat on a cruise, you don't want it to be in an emergency. You want it to be <laughs> tendering. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. What was it like? Cause you know, they're not that big and everything. Like was, was it choppy waters? Was it, it was, it was surprising, Stace, how many people you could fit in one of these. Like, I I was just watching Titanic the other night. I was night. just going to say, I'm all about, I'm thinking about Titanic right now. I'm looking at those. Aren't we all, let's be honest, aren't we all? <laughs> I'm like looking at those lifeboats. I'm like, oh my God, thank God for technology. But no, these lifeboats can easily fit, I would say, like a hundred people. What? Yeah. They're that is shocking to me. Uh, when you look at them on, on deck, you're like, oh, those are kind of tiny, but like you're in this, like, it's almost like a little capsule and they have little benches. Like it's, it's actually, I mean, I can imagine if it were stuffed full with people, it would not be comfortable, but, um, it was a pretty smooth ride and they, they move pretty quickly. So yeah. That's so cool. One of the cases. So you feel safe now if you had to evacuate a cruise ship for whatever reason, you feel confident that you would make it back to shore on a lifeboat? Uh, I don't know about, well, it depends how far out. To- <laughs> <laughs> I would feel safe in one of those lifeboats for That's sure. Good. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> so, I mean, that is definitely a cool, um, a cool thing to experience. I know when I was up there, um, like we went to Skagway and they had a rock slide right in front of where their cruise ships normally dock. And so a lot of cruise lines had been canceling because they didn't want to tender out. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I, I didn't get to do that. We actually got a spot on the dock. So I don't know if that's because, you know, we're exclusive or whatever, but uh, yeah, we have to do that. I would be annoyed at- yeah, as a client, if I got my port of call stopped just because the ship didn't want to tender, like, come on. Yeah. They're I know, right? So anyway, well, that's really interesting. So you also mentioned in Juno that you had some good food, right? Am I right? We are foodies on this podcast. Yeah. 
our food and, and my husband and I were foodies as well. So it seemed like a no brainer to do a foodie walking tour of Juno. So right. that was a lot of fun. I didn't realize it was all going to be seafood, which is totally fine with me. I'm a seafood person. Um, but I, I even tried things that I never would eat otherwise. Like I'm not a huge smoked fish fan. Yeah. We had like a smoked halibut dip and a smoked salmon that were to like things that dreams are made of. They were so good. Really? Wow. Yeah. And then we stopped at Stacy or not Stacy's Tracy. <laughs> You're Tracy, Stacy. <laughs> These crab house or crab shack, which is like the place to stop in Juneau for crab legs. Uh, that was a stop on our foodie tour, but we loved it so much. We went back after and got more. You? Oh, that's awesome. We stopped there too. I think their logo with the lady who has like the crab legs for legs. I yeah. So funny. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that was our foodie tour. Uh, and that was mostly the only food we had ashore, but in terms of the food on the ship, my favorite food and the best meal that we had on ship was Alfredo's Pizza. Now, this is um, an establishment that's going to be, I believe, on every single princess ship mm -hmm. included with like in the standard package. It does not cost extra. It's not like one of the premium restaurants. And it's actually been voted best pizza at sea among all the cruise lines and it seriously didn't disappoint <laughs> like it was pretty tasty is it the best pizza I've ever had as somebody who grew up in New York and New Jersey no <laughs> that's but, fair <laughs> yeah but I can totally see how it gets its reputation like I could have eaten there every day um it was like that wood fire pizza like the second time that we went I asked the um the chef to just like leave it in the oven for an extra minute to get a little bit more crisp mm -hmm. and it was so good oh that's awesome that's yeah like I said it's included in your cruise fare so if you're sailing princess Alfredo's pizza is definitely a must place to stop um you cannot do takeout it is sit down only um, and it can take a little bit of time. So just be patient, be prepared. Like they have appetizers too. You can get soup, salad. Um, so grab a drink and, you know, grab an appetizer while you wait for your pizza and enjoy a yummy meal. That's like super casual. Awesome. How did you, uh, how did you like the, uh, like the dining rooms? Did you guys eat in the main dining rooms as well? We did. Um, they were, they were good. The food was very tasty. Um, it came out super quick. Like you could kind of tell that they, they have their menu set and they have the dishes kind of ready to go back there. So I felt like it was a little bit rushed, um, but food quality, I would say it was very good. Um, and the staff was super lovely. And this is the, the kind of place that if you go to a main dining room and you want to request the same server the next night, you, you can do that and you can try and get into their section. We didn't, we noticed that Princess, I don't know if it's the cruise line getting away from it or the guests, but that experience where like you share a table with a bunch of strangers, you can certainly opt to do that. But we noticed it was more like people like my husband and I sitting individual or like families, not a lot of like, hey, sit with strangers and get to know them, which mm. is funny. like I, I don't know, I, I'm a, a like an ambivert, like I can be extroverted and chatty, but when it comes to my meals, like I just want to eat. <laughs> yeah, same with me. Especially after you've had a long day, and if you're not in the mood for socializing, you don't want to, right? <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly. We said we ended up sitting next to another really lovely couple uh, one night um, and just kind of chatted with them organically. But uh, yeah, other than that, it was it was fine just having the two of us. So, yeah, main dining rooms, the, the which is the dining that's included in your cruise fare, along with the buffets is absolutely enough. You don't feel like don't feel like you have to pay extra for the premium restaurants. You're going to get really great quality food. Um, and you're, I promise you, you're not going to go hungry on these cruises. <laughs> Basically there, there's always that running joke about how much weight you'll gain. Cause you're literally just eating all day. Cause the food's readily available. All the yeah. time. <laughs> but honestly, I don't know if it was maybe just because it was Alaska or if this is a cruise thing, I was getting like over 10,000 steps a day. Like oh, we, yeah. yeah. We were constantly walking the deck to look at glaciers and the mountains and like just exploring. So yeah, I was, I was negating the calories pretty, uh, pretty regularly. And I well, mean, it's like, it's, it's like it's its own island, right? So there's, and it has like the little shopping areas and the, it's like its own city kind of thing that there's so much to explore just on the ship alone. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our podcast loves to give lots of tips and tricks. What are some of your best ones, Nicole, if our clients or whoever our listeners are, are planning on going on a cruise to Alaska? Thank Well, yes, I, I have a couple up my sleeve. So number one, um, if you're going to cruise Alaska and if you, and if you have the means, so I, I think I mentioned before that I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the finances. Um, I can't give exact numbers just because I don't have them in front of me, but um, cruising Alaska is not cheap. Um, I'll just be frank about that. And it's not just the cruise fare, which I would say the cruise fare isn't astronomical. The airfare to get out there is um, depending where you're coming from. Like if you're coming from, you know, kind of the East Coast, like we are, um, it can be pricey. And if you choose to stay overnight the day before, or if you do the land tour, like the costs can very quickly add up. But if you're already eating that cost and you're budgeting for that, splurge extra and get the veranda. Mm. I had another memory, which I, I didn't include <laughs> previously, was the day that we pulled into Icy Straight Point, I was getting dressed and I said to my husband, I go, oh, I'm just going to step out onto the veranda to see what the temperature is like. Hand to God. I stepped out on the veranda and I looked down at the water and I see the blowhole of a whale just, oh. like coming up and just blowing. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh my God. I like freaked out. I'm like, give me my phone. I'm like yelling to my husband, like a lunatic, like bring my phone, come on. And thank goodness. He, he came up again and I got a video of him coming up and blowing his blowhole again. And you could see his little tail. And I was like, this is so magical. And the other great thing is when you're in Alaska, it's not the same as cruising through the Caribbean or most other places, because you can usually like 90% of the trip, you can see land. So for people like us who, um, this was our first cruise, we, we kind of found comfort in that, which was really, really nice, but also it gave us like a vista, something to always kind of have in the background. Like we got to see Mount St. Elias, which is the second or third highest peak in North America, just from our ship. Amazing. Like, so neat. And it makes it worth it right there, right? Like, yeah. 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 So that's tip number one. If, if you're going to Alaska, splurge on the veranda. Um, couple other tips, like super quick ones. 
Um, we packed one of those like collapsible laundry hampers, which was amazing because it cut down on like having a messy stateroom. Those staterooms aren't huge and they can start to feel really cluttered really quickly if, you know, you've got your clothes everywhere and your shoes and souvenirs. So try and find ways to like limit the clutter. Uh, a laundry hamper was one of them. Another one would be um, magnetic hooks. So all of the walls of your staterooms are going to be magnetic. So if you get those magnetic hooks, you can stick them right on the wall, hang up your jackets, your bags, and kind of keep them out of the way. That's um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's it. Because I know some cruise lines, I know Disney's like that. They're very particular. Like you can't bring, uh, what is it? Like over the door hangers or I don't know. It's something like that. So like um, the magnetic hooks thing is really good because then, you know, you actually have places to put your stuff and you're not worried yeah. about, you know marking up stateroom doors and walls and stuff like that so you know I can see the argument for the over the door thing because maybe it would like impact the seal or something of the doors. exactly yeah. something oh. that my um so my family has never gone on a cruise before and so I was asking my husband's aunt and uncle who cruise all the time if we were going to give a gift to somebody what is something um, or what is a packing essential or something for cruises they've gone on? And they do princess cruises all the time. And she said, along the lines of your magnetic hooks that you were saying, she said, bring shower hooks. So she, oh. yeah. So she said they have the string across the bathtub to hang your, your bathing yeah. suits and stuff. Yeah. So she okay. always brings shower hooks because she said you can hang them so much nicer on that. So you pull the string across, put the S hook or whatever shower hook you bring and hang your bathing suits along there. Oh, that's so oh, that's a really cool travel hack. You could you could use that anywhere. Yeah, and exactly. I bring I now pack them. Like I have them in every trip we go on because with five of us, I can't stretch out all our bathing suits. Yeah. Across there. <laughs> Otherwise they're dripping on the floor everywhere. So now I bring the S hooks. Um, and we all hang ours on those. That's really smart. That's a great tip. Thanks for sharing that, Stacey. I'm gonna add that to my travel arsenal. That's a good <laughs> Um, another thing, and I don't know if this is going to be princess cruise line specific or all cruises. Um, there's not a ton of electrical outlets in the state rooms. So we, pack, um, a, like an outlet, I, I guess it's an extender. It was not, um, a surge protector. You cannot bring one that is a surge protector on board. It has to just be like a standard outlet extender, but it gave us extra plugs and extra USBs so we can charge like we brought our GoPro. So charge the GoPro batteries and our iPhones and Apple Watch and iPad and like all the gadgets. We had no issues um, charging. And uh, another thing that I wanted to potentially give you a like a tip on is uh, hair appliances. <laughs> oh, gosh. This <laughs> You guys would be so proud of me because I, I tell you guys all the time that I am the queen of checked luggage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do not carry on. Um, and, and on this trip, I still checked, but hello, I was going to be in Alaska for a week. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I did pack a hairdryer and <gasps> huge for me because I'm so picky. I have very fine, thin hair, but I swear the, the type of hairdryer makes a difference. So I actually used the stateroom hairdryer and it wasn't that bad. All right. That's and good. I have I have a question about the hairdryer. Is it attached to the wall or did you have to plug it in? Uh, neither. It was attached inside of a drawer. Uh, what? 
you open Jared <laughs> Stacy, you you're like there's a desk. So we were in a mini suite type room, which is a bit bigger. Um, but the top drawer, it's just in there and it's attached. So like you have to at the desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Right okay. there. Oh, and another thing, Stacey, there's like a like a trigger button. So in order for it to run, you have to like hold the button in the whole time. <laughs> oh goodness. But I survived. Like for somebody who's very bougie with her hair care, I made it through the trip. My hair looked still lovely. So I something, I something I get so annoyed at, and it's because I'm a I'm a curly girl. So hotels and resorts and I don't know about cruise lines, but they never have a diffuser. So I can't no. use a regular oh, hair dryer. Yeah, it's so true. That's 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 an extra accessory. Yeah. <laughs> You know what though we need that level of inclusivity let's start- I agree oh, no. I agree as a fellow curly haired lady that you, would be fantastic <laughs> you guys go so through helpful. that curly hair especially in the heat oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah straight up uh, in the ponytail <laughs> that's the only way to wear it when it's like a thousand degrees out and you have curly hair it's the- and- are, it was funny like I told you girls that when I was on my holiday down in Florida a week or so ago and I was like you know what? I've just decided like I can't be cute in Florida in the summer <laughs> um, who can yeah. I live in Florida can't even be <laughs> ain't not cute about sweating buckets <laughs> no. No. Yeah. speaking okay. of sweat buckets what else do you have to tell us about packing and outfits <laughs> I love hearing about outfits like I I I love hearing about outfits and what you wear Okay. So last, last tip before I go into outfits is, uh, if like spring for the package, if you are an alcohol drinker, um, get, consider getting the package. So for princess it's plus or premier, but it includes so much more than just your alcohol. Like we definitely did not drink enough. (laughs) Like, uh, so even if you're not an alcohol drinker, getting a package really ends up paying for itself. So my husband and I, like we, we drank a bit when we're on vacation, but we did not utilize like the amount of drinks you would have to drink to like, I learned that you can, the, they cut you off at 15 drinks per person. Oh and I've heard who is drinking per day, right? alcoholic beverages in one day. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh my word. I don't think I would even drink that much in a week. No, no, no. I know <laughs> the entire week stays seriously. Yeah. And I'm, somebody that does enjoy alcohol. I did not get close to 15, Um, but it includes so much more. So for Princess Cruise Line, it also includes Wi-Fi. It includes your crew appreciation, which is um, your daily duties. Um, In this case, there was a juice bar. So you could get unlimited fresh pressed juice, which was delicious. By the way, we did the juice bar every single day. I was going to say, I would want that. It was really good. Um, And then like they had like premium desserts. Um, I will say the desserts on Princess Cruise Line are the one of the only thing I was very disappointed with. Like they did not taste good. They were not like they they were not sweet and had no flavor to them. Like I would it, that's my only complaint is um, if I could remove the free premium desserts, I would because even the premium desserts were not that great. Um, but yeah, consider getting a package. Um, and then you guys said you wanted to hear about outfits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, that's the most important thing. I was going to say, like, and going there, you would have to, because my mind automatically thinks freezing cold. Mm -hmm. But then on the ship would be totally different, I would guess. 
Yeah. No, I hear you. When I was doing my research, because I did lots, because there's so much information out there, everybody, their first tip on packing and outfits is layers, 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 pack in layers, dress in layers. And honestly, that's the number one advice. So the Alaskan cruise season runs from May to September. So the early season, which is like when Kelly went, um, I saw your pictures. You were pretty much in like a hoodie and a jacket most days. Yeah. Yes. It was a little frigid, especially out, out to sea too. Right. It was, it was very cold. Yeah. Yeah. So my, the coldest that I ever was, was on that whale watch when I was on that smaller boat and it was a windy day, I was in fleece lined leggings and a hoodie. And I had like a, like a packable down Lululemon jacket. And I had the hoods up and like zipped up. And I'm, I'm very glad that I had layers on because I needed them. But then toward the end, so I just went in July earlier this month, they were in the middle or they were starting a heat wave. <laughs> so <laughs> there were some days when the sun was out, even on the ship, there were tons of people in the pool. There's an outdoor pool on the um, one of the top decks. And there were often lots of people swimming. Um, I would say like pack one, maybe two pairs of shorts, um, pack lots of t-shirts. Um, you know, this is when you're in the ports of call, it's going to be very active. Like it's a very casual, the town. So think athleisure, athletic wear is going to be your best friend. And it's also the easiest to pack and doesn't take up a lot of space. And then for nighttime, like formal and smart casual, which is kind of what they say the dress codes are in the evenings, they're very subjective. Like you saw people in a lot of denim, kids or like teenagers in like, you know, what the kids are wearing now, the oversized crew necks and t-shirts. And, but then you saw like your older couples and other couples like wearing their nice, like pantsuits and like super cute tops, like an Alaskan cruise really runs the gamut of what people want to wear in the nighttime and you don't ever really feel out of place. So I would say for outfits, make sure you're packing comfortable things that you're going to be okay. Sweating in moisture wicking. I'll say the layers word again, uh, for bags. Um, my husband kind of carried around a backpack. I had like a crossbody Lululemon that I used, um, because, you know, you don't really have much that you have to bring into the ports with you. Um, and then like other essentials, like you're going to want sunglasses, you need sunscreen. So even though it might be cold, always make sure you have SPF with you. Um, make sure you're doing your face and any areas that are exposed because the sun can still burn you even though you're, you're up North. Um, but yeah, the, one thing that I almost packed, but I'm glad I didn't was like a very formal dress for formal mm -hmm. night. I went a little bit more like, um, cocktail-y with my formal dress. And I'm glad I did because my, the formal dress I wanted to bring would have taken up too much space. Leave the high heels at home. Also ladies, I packed one pair of heels. They're like a block heel. I wore it formal mm -hmm. night and never wore them again. I probably could have just worn sandals. Um, and a lot of sneakers uh, on my Instagram. I shared a lot about Vessies, which Stacy, I think, is going to be. <laughs> I am. I'm so intrigued by them. They So Vessie is a, a sustainable shoe brand that is 100% waterproof. They even have like a dry sock guarantee. This is not sponsored content, by the way. I'm just kind of sharing as a consumer. Um, and they were so comfortable, lightweight. 
Um, I could wear them all day. I'll probably bring them to Disney um, when I go in August because they were really that comfortable. Um, and yeah, I packed hiking shoes. I never wore them. Um, that's pretty much it. You want to wear like flip flops for the, uh, for the cruise, or if you go to the spa, we did hit the spa a couple times for the, the enclave, which was their, um, section that had like a huge jet tub and sauna and heated beds. Like that was really nice. Um, and pack a bathing suit too. You're going to end up, if you don't end up in there, you might end up swimming. So I loved, I loved watching your outfit of the day all the time I was I loved watching that when you were posting those which was cool one thing that you haven't mentioned um and I know is very specific to princess and I'm very intrigued by is the medallion oh yes I could probably do an entire episode on just the medallion so (laughs) what the medallion is is every cruise you go on with princess you get a new one so think of it like a, a magic band so it's kind of like your Disney magic band Um, and you get it, you can either have it shipped to you, um, or you can pick it up at the dock or at the port, um, uh, embarkation port, which is what we did. And you can wear it in a lanyard. We had these like little clips that we kind of put it in and then just kept them like on our pockets, but they unlock your room. Um, and they help kind of track where your party is on the ship, which is really nice if you're traveling with kids. So If you have like a 10 year old and you send them off to maybe the kids club, they do have kids clubs on princess cruise line, or you just feel your kids are mature enough and you kind of let them go on, on their own. You can use the medallion class app, which is princess's app and find wherever they are on the ship. Um, It helps you with your purchases also. So yeah, it's kind of like princess cruise lines, very own magic band. Um, and like an air tag, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like an air tag. Honestly, I think the medallion is kind of a game changer for cruising because like we took advantage of it so much with ordering like room service, but like not to our room, to the exact spot that we were at. This you would order on the app and the servers would find you based on where your medallion was, which I think is amazing. They literally can triangulate your exact location. And the reason I know that. We were waiting for like some glacier based stuff and a server walked by and she's like, are you so-and-so? And And I'm like, no. And she had like her two beverages on her tray and she's like looking on the app and she's like, all right, I'm looking for whatever her name was. And we could see the woman moving. Like you could, (laughs) I was looking on the server's tablet and you can see the other woman's medallion, like moving around that section of the ship. It was so cool. The other thing too, which I'm pretty sure, because I remember um, my husband saying this to me, is um, when you're wearing a medallion and you like approach a bartender at one of the bars, apparently your photo will pop up to verify that it's you. Like if you're charging something to your account. Yeah, no, it definitely does. If you look, I looked over at the tablet a couple of times and it'll say, um, it, it shows your picture or they'll ask like for your room number. Um, and then they'll say, oh, like Nicole, and they look at you. So mm-hmm. like, you can rest assured that if you have um, teens with you, like they're not going to be able to purchase anything using your, and um, you know, thinking from like alcohol, for example, like they can't steal your medallion and pretend to be you. Like your picture is tied to it. Um, the really cool thing I liked was that your room, your stateroom, automatically unlocks as soon as you get in proximity to your room, so you don't have to be fumbling for a key and tap in like. It'll say, welcome, Nicole. And my picture popped up and the door automatically unlocks. 
Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. And, and it, it truly is only for your room. Like you can't walk up like a stranger can't walk up if they don't have your medallion and, you know, try and access your room, which is really nice. I could have done without like, um, having my name on the screen where yeah. my for privacy yeah. complaint that I would make to princess cruise line would maybe to implore you to maybe not put passengers full names on the outside of the stateroom. Like granted, um, you know, first names I could see being okay, but for privacy reasons, I really think that that's something that they should consider getting rid of, but I don't like that. Very few complaints. I had, this was the trip of a lifetime. We cannot wait to go back and bring the kids with us. Um, I'm already plotting for maybe like 2026 or something. (laughs) Need some time, but it, um, you know, I can't recommend it enough. Kelly, like we said, has already done hers. So Stacy. Your next girlfriend. I know. I I was I I cannot wait to do it actually. Like my husband really, really wants to do one. And uh I get insane motion sickness and everything. So that's my only worry, I think, is is that feeling of seasickness. I hear you. I will say from because we didn't talk about seasickness much. I was nervous too because I didn't know what to expect because I'd never cruised. Um, I was totally fine. Like the first day, I could kind of feel the motion of the of the ship, but I took um, I didn't take gravel, which is like the the Canadian version of Dramamine. So in the U.S., we have Dramamine, which can make you really drowsy. I did a little bit of research and I found there's this um, motion sickness medicine called bonine or bonine. I don't know how it's pronounced, but I took it just as a precaution and I was totally fine. It didn't make me sleepy and no motion sickness. So that was cool. cool. And yeah. I, have, I have multiple things that I use because of it, because of course I love Universal and Disney. So I have to have multiple things. So I think I would just bring all those things with me. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, sure. Bands will put you put the little patch behind your ear. <laughs> the other thing too with um is that I feel like well at least for in my experience anyway um and kind of as Nicole had already said you know you really can see land most of the time like when you're cruising in Alaska you're cruising in all these inlets and fjords and stuff like that so the the water's really not that rocky until you kind of go out into the Pacific so you know, for us anyway, like we just experienced rockiness on our sea days, but like, you know, when we were going between ports and and the glacier viewings and stuff, like the the water is calm, calm, calm. So you don't really have to worry about it too much for the entire length of your cruise, but definitely it's good to be prepared just in case. Yeah. The last day of our cruise, which was our sea day getting us to Vancouver and we were on the Gulf of Alaska, that was the day that you kind of were just aware but also aware because you're, you were literally, the ship was booking it for the full 24 hours, like right to Vancouver. So yeah, you could definitely feel the the boat, but nothing ever fell off our shelves. I never felt like I was going to fall out of bed. So really not too bad. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that sounds like an amazing trip, Nicole. I'm so glad that you got to experience your first trip. With you guys. 
and thanks for sharing all the details. So uh, just remember that, uh, as Nicole already mentioned, the Alaskan cruise season runs from May through to the end of September, early October. So if Alaska is maybe on your radar and something you want to think about, uh, definitely uh, email us at podfulofmagic at windwaysandwands.com and we can definitely get some information to you. It's not too early to start planning your 2024 or even 2025 cruises. So definitely uh, give us a shout if you're interested. And so our journey comes to an end, at least for this week anyway. This podcast is brought to you as travel agents with Wind Waves and Wands Vacations at www.windwaveswands.com. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. If you have any questions about booking your next magical Disney, Universal, or Cruise Line vacation, email us at podfulofmagic at windwaveswands.com or find us on Instagram at podfulofmagic. That's all for this week. I'm Kelly. I'm Nicole. And I'm Stacey. And you've been listening to Podful of Magic. <laughs>